What's the perfect car that goes with a 550 Spider? Is a is a 1955 Thunderbird. <laughs> So here today with Gary Oldman, very recognisable face. Um, and because it's Top Gear, we're going to talk some cars. But Gary's here to promote his new show on Apple TV Plus called Slow Horses. And we'll come to that in a minute because I'm a, I'm a tragic of the books that that series is based on. So this for me is a, an amazing opportunity. So forgive me if at times I get a bit impish and childish and leap about because I can't quite believe this is happening. So Gary, welcome to London and to our Top Gear studio for this purpose. Cars, to yeah. start with. Yeah. I've done my research. Yeah. I gather it started in a Morris Minor. Uh, yeah, Morris Minor. It had the, you know, the little uh, signal, the little indicators. Come out that, the B pillars, yeah. That it would come out like that, but one of them didn't work. <laughs> And you would do the old, the old thing. I always remember the handbook. You would do this for a right-hand turn, and then you would do the... Yeah. Um, and also, going around corners, it didn't like going into second gear. I would take corners, right, well, a right-hand corner, I would take in, um, th- in third... And it would sort of go over on two wheels. So the whole process was asymmetrical, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was that classic, almost like a duck egg blue, is it? That, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. So you, you've, got, you've got kids. How do you feel when you see them have that moment of, of freedom? I've got one that's about to be 17 next month. And I know how profound it's going to be. Because when you get a car, the whole world changes, doesn't it? Yeah. My middle... Boy, uh, Gully, he's now, um, what is he, 24 now? But I taught him how to drive stick, and we went to a huge parking lot at the Rose Bowl in, um, in California. And, and you'll see other parents there. It's a tradition. You go to a parking lot, and you see the other dads. Did they recognise you? They must look quite no. bizarre. No, 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 no. But he, we, and we drove around, and um, so that was. I wanted him to at least have that experience, even Do you though think that's a rite of passage. Because I think those early moments with your children learning how to drive is pretty stressful. If you can get through those and not, because it could bring out the worst of you as a parent, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's getting used to the to the vehicle and and spatially being aware. I, I found that a little hair raising. Yeah, and we were in a Porsche Cayenne, so you know you scratch one, you scratch one of those, and it's well. Not only you have to wait for the parts to come from Germany, but they're very expensive. <laughs> is that your current daily? Yeah. 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 Because it is the perfect LA car, isn't it? It's it's not too big. It's not too small. Um, and you got dogs and kids, and it is a. A practical car. I had a Range Rover for years, 50,000 miles, and it's, you're done, basically. Yeah, the, um, what's, that, what's that phrase they coined? 
in Africa, they said you use a Range Rover to go into the desert and you use a Land Cruiser to come out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, not, yeah. not a marketing strapline they'll thank me for, but I... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, I remember the old sat-nav sounded like Tony Hopkins. <laughs> it did. In 1,200 yards, do yeah. you turn? Clarice. <laughs> yes. Your destination is on the right-hand side. And I loved the ro- I, I really did like the rover. And the thing you... So over there, they're called rovers. Now, that caused me a few issues because there's quite a few R&B, rap, young person's music songs that kept referring to rovers. And I had this image. I couldn't understand why P. Diddy wants to be in a Rover 75, you know, a car designed for a middle-aged person from Wolverhampton. It didn't really strike a balance for me. And yeah. I had to phone someone and say, why do they go on about rovers? Sergeant Lewis drives one. And they, there was someone, no, it's Range Rover, not an actual Rover. A Rover, yeah. The old, the old Rover. I yeah. had one of those too. Yeah, but the old, do you remember the Rover SD1? That was yeah. the classic sort yeah. of early 80s, late 70s, oh, yeah. in the Sweeney. The, the coppers always had that the was Sweeney. It. I, it, was, it was sort of a racing car green and it had a chair. It had, the seat was like this. It was like dry, it was sitting in an armchair, like a club chair. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was their interpretation of a Jaguar, really, wasn't it? It was. And, and it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, and then, but it go wrong a lot. Yeah, because it was made in this country. We weren't very good at making cars. Yeah, We're better now. It would always break down. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably subject to seven strikes that week, so the car probably been on the line, stop start for four months <laughs> during that period in the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. So I did a, I've done some research. Last time you spoke to us was 2014. So it's a long time ago. Wow. And, um, and you made some very prescient points about electric cars and your feelings towards them. And you outlined them in an anecdote where you said you'd almost got run over by a Prius because you couldn't hear the flipping thing. And therefore, electric car silence could be quite dangerous. And I think that's been proven, actually, over time. How do you feel about the whole electric thing now? You live in the epicentre of the electric car world. Yeah. Tesla's taken over... You haven't got one, clearly. But what, what do you feel about it? It feels like it's inevitable now, doesn't it? We're going that oh, way. I, I recently had a... We, we did some construction at the house, and the, the new garage has to have an outlet. It's code. Is it? Yeah. I'm sure we'll get there. But you need an infrastructure. I have nothing against electric electric cars I have friends we have the, um, the the Tesla and we want clean air and I, I get it the motivation behind it is a, a worthy one exactly it's a good one yeah but it's you've got to be also very you've got to be practical and then of course you have to then ask yourself what generates electricity <laughs> have you I have not driven a Tesla I've driven lots of them. They are, they're very impressive. The, the big ones, the fast ones, are shockingly fast. The latest one, the Plaid, is, is so fast in a straight line, it, it yeah. nails every supercar. It does not 60 in two seconds. It's, it's actually uncomfortable to drive at times. It's so far, much faster than a superbike even. It's crazy. But it looks, looks like a bar of soap. But the... <laughs> <laughs> it's madness, yeah. 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 But, the, but the bit that's really shocking for me is that there's... They're not very well put together. The movement that the Japanese started in the 80s of quality, of precision, of caring about the way something's put together. Elon Musk has kind of, he's 
he's got rid of that in, in one generation because now people just want the speed and the tech. They don't really care about how it's built. Uh, do, I mean, do you care about how something's built? Yeah, I do. Yes, I care very much. Yeah. But I, do, I think the Tesla is amazing. And, of course, the problem is once you've driven it, you do go, wow, this is spectacular. And they're so far ahead of every other electric car because they've got the, the infrastructure. They have got an infrastructure of their own. Yeah. Um, and in L.A., I, last time I was there about six weeks ago, I, I couldn't believe how many there were. They are everywhere, aren't they? Yeah, you're seeing more and more and more, yeah. In that 2014 interview with Top Gear magazine, you spoke about having a 550 Spider. Have you still got that car? The little Porsche sports car. Yeah, it's it's. I, is it a it, real one? No, it's not a real one. Thank God for that. No, I wouldn't. They're about three million quid, aren't they? A real one. I think you could double that now. Really? The car market's gone crazy. Wow. Well, the, the ex Sterling Moss RS sixty one, and I know that you're a big Sterling fan. That sold for two million quid in 2015 so imagine what that's worth now now that sterling's no longer with us i mean those cars so you've got you've got a, a, a nice replica yeah i got um i've got a chuck deck yeah replica of a 550 spider over the years i've done things sort of to it i debadged it because it's not a porsche i think that's an honest touch. Many people yeah. would choose not to do that, and you would judge them on that, wouldn't you? Yeah, because you just go, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a, a snob about all that stuff when it comes to, you know, you, but I just, I just kind of feel it felt to me just the right thing to do. I had it re, re-sprayed, and so I settled on that ivory white, from you know the like the yeah. old three fifty six you know yeah, that yeah, yeah. yeah so it's, it's like it's like a it's like gold top milk that's been left out for oh. yeah that sort of I know what you mean yeah yeah gold top milk that's been left out for a day that's very poetic I'm not <laughs> I just skid cars about mate but, um, um, but so yeah so it's got twin pull hundred forty horsepower. Um, what colour are the seats? The seats are a lovely sort of brown, weave, Italian. And, of course, the, what's the perfect car that goes with a, it goes with a, a 550 Spider is a, it's a 1955 Thunderbird. <laughs> I read about this, and the note said, has hard top as well. How often does that go on? Not very often. <laughs> Not very often. It's lovely. It's three-speed manual... And it's got overdrive, which my kid, the first time we used the handle, the overdrive handle, it, it, he said it was like a, a special effect. Yeah. I always remember the first time, my first experience of overdrive was on a Triumph Dolomite. And it was on the, you flicked open the gear lever and there was a button. Like, like James Bond. Yeah, I'm thinking, like the sort of God, ejector seat. I, I could pretend I'm on a DB5. All we're doing actually is dropping 400 RPM at the motorway cruise. But I still in my <laughs> mind, because I'm... So, uh, slow horses, right? I'm, I'm a tragic of the books. So I first read them, I don't know, five, six years ago probably, and I, I nailed them in about three weeks because once I read the first one, I'd found my anti-hero. I'd found this foul-mouthed, obstreperous, pretty disgusting man who heroically I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get beyond the fact I loved him. He was, a bit, he was the new Anthony Soprano for me and that he should, I should have hated him. But the bit of me residually loved him because yeah. I thought he could save things. I mean, I, I don't know if I like him, but I love playing him. You've got to make him 
likeable in all of his sweat and cigarettes and whiskey. I, I don't normally do these kind of speeches, but this feels like a big moment. I know it's not easy being banished from MI5 to my department, but that's on you. Only screw-ups get sent to Slough House, and I've got to be honest. Working with you has been the lowest point in a disappointing career. Right. Look, I get it. We're just slow horses. I've got one lead, but I have to follow them. You're going to help me? Oh, no, I'm not. Like it or not, Slough House is part of this now. What do you think you're playing at? I didn't mean to kill him. Of course you didn't. If you meant to kill him, he'd still be alive. I think in the books, what he does is he, he presents a moral code that you find repulsive at times, but it's also a moral code that you realise you probably buy into yourself, and he makes you feel embarrassed for the fact that you probably share some of his values that at face value you wouldn't want to admit to other people. And I think the other thing about him in the books, which you absolutely nail, is that I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't want necessarily to have him around for dinner, but if push came to shove, I'd want Jackson Lamb on my side. Yeah, that, that's a great way of putting it. I don't know whether I, Gary would want to be in his company, <laughs> but there's a loyalty to Jackson that is, I, I really admire. It's a, it's a wonderfully complex character because maybe he cares actually more than most. You really care about them, don't you? No, I think they're a bunch of absolute losers. But they're my losers. What, what's really going on inside and then what's coming out of his mouth are maybe two completely different things. But also the way he builds the character of, of Jackson Lamb, this idea of this, this overweight um, man who's in terrible condition but somehow can magic a fag really quickly, can move so fast. How do you translate, how do you take all that stuff and build it into the man? Because it's not actually, it's not, it's not in any dialogue, is it? No, it isn't. I don't know if I, if I absolutely, completely fit the description of, of Lamb, I'd get that sort of heft of looking a little... Mine's natural. ..of looking um, a, little, a little bloated, let's say. Well, you people are slow. They're bringing you up the space like trying to explain Norway to a dog. It'll be right-wing nationalists. That's who's got him. It's the sons of Albion who are taking credit. Christ, I hate being right. Right, so what did we do then? What we always do here, absolutely nothing. Come on, back to your desks. Come on, all of you, out. I've come in and physicalised and, and put a voice to Lamb, but when people ask me and they say, you know, you've, how did you come up with this creation of this character? It's from the imagination of Mick Heron. It's so beautifully signposted. So you just follow the signposts, bring your own particular, your innate humanity to it, because I know he describes the character as Tim Spool gone to seed yeah. when he first wrote the books. Yeah. Tim is now svelte, as you probably know, and, you know, he's not. And, in fact, he was in your first breakthrough film, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. 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 How these worlds collide. Yeah. When I come in and they grease my hair, they give me broken 
blood vessels, you know, all the broken veins across my face. I have them anyway, but I mean, you know, they make all my nose sort of red. They dirty up my teeth and they put grease and stuff in my hair. Um, Give me a final misting of nice stickiness. So this is a process I go through every morning to sort of become lamb. And I, uh, someone asked me what it was like, and I said the other day, I said, it's like, it's a bit like easing yourself into someone's dirty bath water. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's, you've painted the picture there. Yeah. Oh. That, it, every morning, you know, you kind of ease into this thing, and then you have glorious fun. Now you've put your toe in the water, And you see that we absolutely haven't destroyed or ruined the world for you as a reader. Yeah. We're pretty faithful to to the material, to the the book. And you know the building is the actual... Is it? That's the one he used to walk past every day. Is it? That's the building where he he set it. The first moment you see Catherine Standish shoulder the door, I think the whole someone like me just goes, oh, okay. I can relax now, I can exhale. Yeah. It's this a is twist, yeah. a shove and a kick. Yeah. yeah, we've got a whole routine of how we get in the, uh, yeah, how we get in the door. I think the one question I have to ask, and this is not me being arch or disrespectful, the only area in which the book, the, the writing, for me would ever not be disappointing, but would make me go, oh, I don't think Mick likes cars very much, is that some of the car descriptions... <laughs> are, let's say, not entirely accurate. And, of course, a, I'm a total OCD when it comes to cars. Of course. So I love it. And I, so I, when this came together, I'm like, this is brilliant. I finally get a chance to ask. Rod, Roderick Ho drives a Ford Kia, which is two makes of car. <laughs> not a model. And there's one point in, in uh, Slow Horses when they have to, he has to get... He, I think he has to break into a car or take a car. He, and he, and yeah. it's an Austin. Now, I don't think an Austin's been produced in the UK in... 45 years. <laughs> so that's not, I'm not being, I just love the fact that. No, he's not. But he's not a car at all. Of course he's not. No. So next time you need a car consultant, little brown chap off Top Gear, get him involved. I will. I'll let him, I'll, I'll, I'll let him know. I, I'll see him actually tonight. And I will say, yeah, get yourself over to Top Gear. <laughs> Motor cars in yeah. your films. Have you ever done any stunt driving? What you'd call stunt driving or action driving? I remember. I'm trying to even think of what film it was. I had to come straight towards camera off a sort of like a highway. And as I come around into the gas station, it dollies over. And I'm right up to the... I stop right up to the camera. And I went back and drove in and the director said, no, 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 no. I want you coming from almost, you know, it's like Omar Sharif riding into, you know what I mean? I want to see you coming from way, way back there. You're uh, hurtling along. And sadly, I forget what motor it was in, but it was, uh, it was fast. I do do remember that. Did you enjoy Um, it though? Yeah. And I put my foot down and I was almost, I must have been doing about a hundred and then came in and sort of semi sort of skidded into this gas station. But I did it and then joy to my ears, the director said, one more. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to go all the way back up the street, come in and do it again, which was fun. What's your favourite, I'm putting you on the spot here, we've not rehearsed this. What's, what's an iconic car chase scene for you? What would you, 
what, what you're looking for in terms of exciting driving, personalities. And oh. for me, the car has to be personality as well. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. It's bullet. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, second to that, French Connection. I was, I was just going to say, I watched that recently. That scene when he's just bulldozing, chasing the train, is, it, is exactly how you imagine you would drive if you had the same thing to do in your life, well, isn't they it? were really doing it. Yeah. And I've got to say, I really did enjoy some of the, the driving in um, The Last Bond. Yeah. Spectacular. I thought the, the, the DB5 donut thing, and there was another, there's another really long lens shot when he jumps on the motorcycle and he leaps up into that Italian town. In, in that square. Oh, I just... He goes, I was, just up watched the it thing went, and, above, wow. and above the people and everything, and he lands in the middle of the... Yeah. yeah. So, Jackson Lamb, final question. We do actually see his car, don't we? Yeah. Because he has to drive himself later on yeah. to, uh, to a crime scene. I won't give it away, but that's yeah. quite a long way into it. And we're told it's a Japanese hatchback, I think, from memory. You haven't seen it yet, No, no. The yellow banana. No. It's yellow. Is it? It's, um, inside, it's a sewer. It's cigarette packets and, you know, he has to clear the, 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 the thing. Wait, how did you know I was here? Because once you went walkabout, I got hoed to monitor the park's alerts. Why? In case you did something as stupid as you did. They, uh, they say she might live. Oh, thank Christ. <laughs> no thanks to you. And there's also, uh, later on, it's underground, underground parking, and it's the way I park. <laughs> because those lines and things where cars go, I don't really give much attention. <laughs> um, I think we've we've taken up a huge amount of your time. Thank you very much. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure, and um, I hope you continue to enjoy your five fifty. And please yeah. watch Slow Horses. Um, I've watched the first one, and it's it's actually we're recording this on the day that it gets released on Apple TV Plus. So I'm going to go straight from here, leg it back, get my dog, and watch the second one. Gary Oldman, thank you very much. Thrilled. Thank you.